and welcome to a slightly different Different Times podcast. I am Danny Different, and I'm here with a poorly, poorly Paul the Wall Waller. Hi, I, I'm good now. I, I'm, I was very poorly a couple of days ago. Um, I've lost my mid-range, I've lost my upper register, so now it's just this um, sexy baritone that you can hear. <laughs> Delicious. I hope someone's listening in their car with like a big sub and it's just like... Boom. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the inside of my mind every day. Dan, this is a different one, right? You said it's different. How is it different? How are we doing this? We're doing the top 10, each of our top 10s of the tens of the teenies what do we call this decade this decade i've was very confused when it started because noughties that was easy it's the noughties and it was a bit funny as yeah, well yeah it's a bit cheeky but then we've got the the tens the teenies no but then you can't ignore like one two and zero so it's got to be the tens how did they do it back in 10 10 <laughs> um Anyway, <laughs> is that the end? Oh, don't let me do that. I know uh, you're very deep, deep into your music and you take it very importantly. So you've got a few honourable mentions that you feel you absolutely must mention before you go into the actual top 10. Yeah, I have to do this. So I said to Daniel, we've got the end of the year coming up. So let's just, because uh, it's episode 100, we didn't mention that. So for those of you that have been with us from the start, and looking at our stats, we know there is a few. Thank you very much for staying with us through 100 episodes. That's awesome. So to celebrate the 100 episode, we are going to do this. The top 10 of the 10s. We've said it's called the 10s now, so that's what it is. Daniel, I can't stop looking at you. You've grown a moustache. That's for AIDS. Ah, and how's that coming along? Uh, if anyone wants to sponsor me for Movember for the growing a moustache, just find me on Facebook and, uh, yeah, you know how to do it. Okay, um, top five honourable mentions here. So we've done a top ten each. So the way we're going to do it, I think I'll kick off. Um, so that means Daniel will get the final number one. But I just want you to know that I couldn't... You know how when it's really difficult just to get ten? You can't just do ten. I know, I was changing my mind on the way over here two minutes ago. It, it, the, these are things... like It's not like the end of the year list. This is the end of a decade list. So I've been like thinking about this for the past couple of months and like I finally got a top 20 and just to chisel five away to give you a, a five honourable mentions was hard but here it goes 15 Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats with Bloodlust uh, 14 MIA with Maya uh, I love that one I got that uh, in America and uh, I couldn't wait to get it home I bought it on vinyl and of course I was on holiday so I didn't have a record player I just couldn't wait to get home and listen to it, and it was just as good as I was hoping. Well, hang on, you mean you haven't got one of those little hipster record players that you carry around with you? Because oh, I've seen you in the park with it. <laughs> Walking your dog, listening to some Death Heaven. Do you know, they used to do a portable record player, like a Walkman. <laughs> Honestly, they did. You still can. You can't. You can, and hipsters sit in the park listening to vinyl. I hate them. Um, 13... Mastodon, not Mastodon, Mastodon or Mastodon, but once a poor, once more around the sun. Oh, I've been ill. I'm sorry. This has definitely affected your cognitive ability, hasn't it? It has, mate. I feel I feel well weird. Um, number twelve, 
And this will be a weird one for you people that are more rocky than poppy. Lana Del Rey's debut, Born to Die. I didn't stop listening to that for maybe maybe a year solid, that one. And then number 11, I couldn't quite put them in the top 10. Uh, it was Mars Red Skies, Stranded in Arcadia. Now, that's probably out of all those five, the, the sort of... The closest. The obscurest as well. Yeah. Small band, aren't I they? had that in my top 20 if we'd have gone that far. Yeah. And uh, honourable mention in mine to Anal Nafrak as well for last year's album, because that was fucking brutal. But I think the albums I've got in made more of a long-lasting impression and changed me more as a person. I get that. Um, and I think that the way you've got to judge this is not through what is more culturally important, but what has been important to you. There's no point, any, anybody can like go on, rate your music or some sort of aggregator and you can see what was most critically acclaimed album and find out the reasons why. This is more of a personal thing for me, definitely. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I went from the personal angle. Right. Number 10, here we go. It's Courtney Barnett and Tell Me How You Really Feel from 2018. I ain't never even heard of it. Well, it was my number one last year, or number two last year. And you said, um, I can see why you chose this, Paul, because this is totally a bit of you, but I hate it. Then I probably have heard it. uh, What I'm going to do is we're going to play a little bit of each album. Not a lot. Not enough to be like killed, but just a little bit, and then uh, and then we'll talk about it. sort of relaxed slacker indie rock uh, she is a 32 year old now singer songwriter from australia and she plays left-handed guitars like kurt cobain uh, but oddly she doesn't use a pick no pick so she strums it and then plays with her fingers it's Imagine weird that. that you should mention that because my little boy's just started taking ukulele lessons. And uh, does he play it the wrong way around? No, he doesn't play it the wrong way around, but it's tuned differently to a guitar. So I'm like sitting there trying to go, this is like well out of tune, trying to play like an E chord on the four strings it's got. But they use fingers as well. What about banjos? They're really complex to tune. Yeah, they're like all over the place. Yeah. Did, we got on holiday once and out of nowhere you just bought a banjo? I did. I bought a banjo. And because I, I wanted to learn, ding, 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 ding. And I did learn it, but none of the notes are where they should be. Not that I would know where they should be anyway, because I don't play guitar. But it took forever to find them and get that just that melody right. 
Uh, worth worth 150 quid though, mate. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, so back to Courtney. Um, I think what I really liked about this is that it was so breezy. It was just really charming and nothing was offensive, but there was that slacker attitude that I hadn't really heard done properly since oh, maybe pavement. So we're talking like 20 years ago. Even like, uh, let me just think. So there's a song on it called Help Yourself and it doesn't really stand out but if you listen to it on its own not part of the album it it's still really good and that's why this album made it like I can randomly pick any track and even those fillery type songs when you listen to the album whole, as a whole it's still really good um, I think that there's a track on here called Endless Nameless oh, she's a massive Nirvana fan I was going to say that's the the uh, missing song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a massive Nirvana fan. Like um, uh, she talks about them in interviews and stuff. Uh, but what I would say is that that should have been such a worldwide sort of smash hit single of a song, so catchy, and yet nothing. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, it's not like she's a small artist in the indie world. She's she's big, uh, and you know people are, are like always excited about what she's bringing out next, but. For I guess our guys uh, and gals that are listening to this, it's uh, it's a bit of a weird pick. So yeah, that's my number ten, Courtney Barnett, and tell me how you really feel. My ten has also got a slight slacker vibe to it. Okay, but in a very different way. Weekend Nachos slacker. Yeah, it's got that stonery sort of. I guess so. Yeah, vibe. Uh, and the album is Worthless from two thousand and eleven. On Relapse Records. Uh, I didn't get into them probably till about 2015, along with ACXDC or Antichrist Demon Corps, as their proper name is. Um, and they were gone before I had a chance to see them, unfortunately. We almost got to see them at that Bristol All Day that we played in the yeah. in the wake of Temple's destruction. But yeah, they weekend, were on that bill, weren't they? Yeah, Weekend Nachos couldn't make it. Uh, Antichrist Demon Corps did. Which is where I got this T-shirt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got to see one out of the two bands. You know, I could have picked Weekend Nachos or AC uh, XDC because I like them both the same and got into them at the same time. They're almost like part of the same package for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was both of them bands, and you didn't choose between both, except clearly you did because you bought the AC DC T-shirt. <laughs> um, and again, with Weekend Nachos albums, I could have chosen either. Uh, worthless is what I chose but still and apology are all from this decade and they're all fucking brutal as well uh, for me this represents going back to when I got back into music getting um, old school power violence back because this is like nice and raw and crusty whereas all the bands from before had sort of started to get a lot cleaner produced and a bit more slicker. That's the real more, difference more, isn't it? Yeah a bit more clicky. If you're going to listen to a snippet fact you can listen to the whole song because it's only about 30 seconds do it it's called old friends don't mean shit
So you're number nine, Waller. Number nine, I go heavy. And by heavy, I mean stupid heavy. Uh, this is Conan and Blood Eagle from 2014. Uh, now, me and Dan, we caught them on tour uh, at Electroworks on this run. And it sort of relaunched my love of heavy music. Um, yeah, no word of a lie. Before that, I was more into my indie. It had to have guitars in it still. But I was more into my uh, sort of weird off-kilter indie. And Conan, especially because of that Holy War release, the split with Bong Ripper, like, I just knew that name. And when this album came out, and of course it came out with that video for... Um, the animated one. Yeah, what was that? It's a faux hammer. So it came out with that. In fact, I'll play you a little bit of that now. So that was just so, so heavy to me. Like, uh, the, obviously, the, the tuning is what? Drop M. Yeah, <laughs> drop M is well heavy. Um, so we saw them, and one of our friends uh, started a, like, a mosh pit at Electroworks in London, and they said afterwards that was the first mosh pit they ever had. And like it was a sort of little badge of honour that uh, us, us guys did that. So that was cool. Really, before them, it was just Sabbath and Electric Wizard for me. Like I hadn't really dipped into Doom except for that more traditional stuff by Candlemass. Um, but this is completely different, completely modern. The production here is what is really key. There's a song on it called Altar of Grief right at the end, and it's silly. It's so ridiculously heavy, and that's that's what I really love about the band. Like There is it's not grimy it's like like you mentioned weekend nachos have got that production that's sort of crustified yeah there, there's none of that in here but again it isn't clicky either this this is just well produced like heavy as a ton of bricks which would equal a ton um yeah conan blood eagle see weirdly i got for my number nine monos from 2012 Okay, so uh, another Conan album. Yeah. All right. Uh, on Burning World Records, this one. And again, same as Weekend Nachos, I could have picked any Conan album, so I could have picked Blood Eagle as well. But this one just pips it for me, and it's because of that song uh, Grim Tormentor. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just got such an awesome groove to it. I think it's my favourite Conan song by far.
in fact, you got me into the band as well. You say about, when did we go and see him? In 2014, was it? Oh, 2000, yeah, it must have been. About that, that sort of time. So I only got into them at that time because you said, we're going to see them. All right, cool. And again, have very fond memories of that gig too. Um, I remember thinking when I heard it, this isn't the heaviest, because you described it as the heaviest. But I don't think it's the heaviest, because there's a lot more elements that make up heavy, as far as I'm concerned, than just being down-tuned. But this is definitely the most down-tunedness <laughs> band I've ever heard. Perfect. I also remember with Conan, as we've got on a little bit of a Conan tangent, that um, we played a gig with him a year later. Um, in Ramsgate. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, I forgot about that one. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about up in um, Oh, Rifffest. Yeah, Rifffest. So we had, uh, we were prepping to go on ourselves whilst they were playing. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. I couldn't do my vocal warm-ups because they were so loud, no matter where I was. And when I did start to, you know, when when the frequencies are so low, stuff happens to your body. My teeth were vibrating. And I'll never <laughs> forget that. I've never had it since. Like a band that can make your teeth like feel like they're going zzzz. Freaking stupid heavy. Yeah, Conan. Um, my number eight, Earl Sweatshirt. Album called Doris from 2013. It's on Columbia Records. Who the fuck's Earl Sweatshirt, Paul? Well, isn't he part of Death Grips? No. No? No, close though. He was part of the Odd Future Collective. Oh, Odd Future, that's it, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he's an American rapist. That's how you say it, isn't it? It's pronounced rapist. Rapist. He's a rapist, and uh, he, he'd previously done an album before, but it wasn't an album. It was a mixtape called Earl, and I'd listened to it at the time, and I just thought, no, that is not for me. See, I often prefer the mixtapes to the uh, to the actual albums. Like If you look at Das Racist, similar thing. I loved their first um, Shut Up Dude, but when it came to the album Relax, it was too overproduced and not that, Well, that's, I think that's the difference between a mixtape and the album so you can do whatever the fuck you like on a mixtape you can experiment you can put loads of like a, what they called those snippets in between sketches you can just do whatever you like uh, and you can find your ground and often like with bands doing EPs and stuff their early stuff that's always like the stuff you would cling to but I think for L Sweatshirt this is a bit different for me this album is so dark and I'm not really into hip hop uh, at all but this just, this got me. I love heavy music, and this was really heavy. There's an overall feel of this album just being really dark as fuck. You can really see what this guy's mindset was. Sort of a stonery haze uh, of, of blackness, like uh, depressive, uh, oppressive. Um, so there's a, 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 and one thing I would say, even if a tune on here doesn't match this dark feel, then what he tends to do is there's a, a haunted house type keyboard noise going under it just to fit with the flow of the of the album. It's really, really clever the way it's done. Um, there's a song, well, there's a couple of songs. My favourite being Hive. Have a little listen. One adolescent fucking six nigga energy and crawling down facts like a rich nigga centipede. Crack ceramic and slap a hand out of cash account. Stamp it, shout and thrash and these niggas done let the cracking out. Crack a lacking like snap, crackle, popping your ammo off. Hide your face and throw your flannels off. Sweatshirt, nigga. 
87 rooftop, Bronson whipping hoopties, trying boost, raw chronic. Brutus in that booth, double scoop, hawk, bomb it up, sub, rockin' thud, knockin' niggas' teeth loose. Bruh, I don't fuck with no cops, rollin' with that flow swan, catch me over... So that is really indicative of this style and this album as a, as a whole. Also, there's a song called Horse, spelled H-O-A-R-S-E. And again, totally sounds like... The way he raps, it's sort of, um, he's stoned, but he's completely clued up. He's not like drifting off. He's just like incredibly focused, but it's just a hazy darkness. Like, you know, that end of Blair Witch Project where they're standing in the corner uh, and you don't know why this person's standing in a corner. That's the feel of this whole album. That's so, a yeah. good feel. Yeah. What's your number eight? My number eight, back to the heaviness, Knocked Loose. All right. And Laugh Tracks. What a fucking record. Uh, this was 2016 on Pure Noise Records. Um, this is probably the only one on our list that's going to come under like the pure metalcore sort of band. Possibly the heaviest thing on the list as well. I don't know what you've got. Well, you reckon it's heavier than Conan? Yeah, because it's about the brutality, the heaviness. Um, it doesn't let up. Yeah, it's very, very in your face. Um, so many brutal riffs, uh, so many brutal breakdowns. The vocals are fucking awesome. Do you remember Slab Dragger said they got their name because someone's vocals sounded like a slab of concrete being dragged across the floor? Yeah. This is that sort of vocals. Yeah, it's still really got the Kirk Cobain thing where it's very em emotive still and you can still hear what he's saying, but... I didn't like it when it came out. If I was going to pick it up again, what track do you think I should jump in with? I reckon you should play a bit of Dead Ringer. Yeah! They, they followed this up, and you like the follow-up as well, but not as much as this initial Yeah, hit. it hasn't got quite as much heart and experimentation to it. Like on the track Dead Ringer we just heard, it goes from bonkers riff to bonkers riff, but still is somehow all held together by one sort of underlying flow. Everything's going so quickly, it just sort of like vomits into the next section of the song before you've got time to go, oh, that doesn't work. And it's mathy but not sniff my fart mathy it's not like Dillinger Escape Plan where it's so complicated and beautiful and complex it's just brutal next bit here it comes gonna knock you over but without being too technical even we, though it is technical you sold me it vomits onto the next path uh, I think I can't wait to hear that now the yeah. other thing I like about this band is they remind me of Canvas alright because they've got that same sort of not don't give a fuck attitude, but we can just go wherever we want with this. Early 90s canvas. Yeah, we don't have to... Um, I mean, 90s. We don't stick to the rules, but again, not being cocky about it or attitudinal. They're just, this is what we wanted to do, so we did it. What about that front cover, Dan, for this Not Loose album? Um, like the three split up yeah, faces, like yeah. cartoon... Yeah, you like that? Because I think that put me off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, that's a bit shit. 
but really don't care about the don't care do you so you're number seven dude so this is the most obscure one of my whole lot and it's the one that i probably listen to the most out of my whole lot still maybe because it is so obscure so i don't know a lot about this band because they disappeared uh, within a couple of months of this album being released and i found out why just last night so here we go um like i mean you might talk about this album or that album's underrated but number seven for me is a band called flats uh like you're living in a flat that sort of flat uh so flats and it's better living from 2012 on one little indian now this album is so unknown and underrated it's bizarre what genre is it mate so what genre it's really hard the music you'd be talking maybe the sludgiest gnarliest celtic frost i hate god um crusty infused with punk metal right but it's it's recorded at the very top uh, so you can hear all the gain like cracking through it's just so I know, it's so in your face. But when you include the vocals, which sound like a drunken lunatic, <laughs> uh, screaming in your face. Why haven't you ever told me about this? Well, it's 2012, man. That's before maybe we were hanging out on a daily basis or whatever, you know, so... We've been friends since, like, 1995. Yeah, there's, there's been periods where you've been with women or whatever, and I've I been... deny that. Oh, okay. But, you know, th- this is a band that... Like, throughout all my indie listening, just, like, burst through and said, stop listening to that shit. Listen to this. Right. So, this band had a major problem. They are too punk for metalheads. They are too metal for the punks. So, they didn't fit anywhere. Like, they got great reviews when this came out. Like, unanimously. Uh, There was a little issue with um, the guy that runs Creation Records. It was his son. Oh, he was right. a singer, uh, and his name is very close to you. He's called Dan Devine, not Dan Different. That's just as good, though. You yeah. can have that. Danny Devine. Uh, so, yeah, that's his name. And it was always brought up in interviews. And, of course, I've just brought it up now, so I'm as guilty to, to blame. But there was that thing where uh, like a lot of people that would... You're famous because you've got a bridge, Dad. Exactly mm-hmm. that, yeah. yeah. You've got your leg up because of that. But he's he's pretty much estranged from his dad at that the point of the release of this album. Now, so you like Crust. You like the way that I've set this up. Great. Now, Frostbite. Have a little listen to this so you know where they're coming from. There's that Hellhammer, early Celtic Frost, even black metal stuff. 
um, just being screamed over like the top of these magic riffs. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I was so entranced by it. It's so unhinged. Uh, it doesn't sound right. And this is what was amazing. They disappeared. So I, all I had left was this record. And um, I've, I've recently ordered it on vinyl uh, as well, just because it's still available. Because uh, obviously they've disappeared. Who knows them? There's this just stockpile of albums out there. Like I, you can still buy the limited edition of a hundred run of orange. Really? Yeah, I think so. God knows, I, I can't have sold very well. Um, anyway, Wikipedia was my friend last night. I was like, just what's happened to this fella, Dan Divine? Then, because I, I know something happened to him. I don't know what. Well, it, he in 2012, the band went on hiatus due to their lead singer, Daniel Divine. Uh, a strange son of Creation Records founder, the Libertines manager, Alan McGee. There you go. So they've even included that in Wiki. See what I mean? I guess he, no wonder he's fucking on drugs all the time. Like he's serving a sentence at the time of 2012 um, when he disappeared from the music scene uh, in Pentonville Prison in London. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Um, For uh, what? Drugs, drugs issues. Like and that that's the only thing that came through, and I was like, oh god, I hope he's not a pedo. I hope he's not a pedo. And I was, I was looking through, and I was, it's just all drugs. <laughs> so yeah, and obviously you're not going to be doing like seven years for drugs, no matter what you've done, are you? Don't know. Don't know. Should have asked Max when he was here earlier. How long are you going to get if you do this for drugs? Allegedly, we don't know. We don't know nothing. But yeah, so that's what's happened, man. That's what ruined that band. Uh, so he must be out. He must be out. He can't have been that bad unless he was like important importing aeroplanes full of drugs. I don't know. Well, there's a special surprise for you, Paul. Dan, come on in. <laughs> um, yeah, flats, better living. And I know that it's like, who the fuck is this? This is super obscure. How can this be the seventh best album for you, Paul, out of the decade? And to be honest... It could have got higher, except the other records I'm going to talk about. Up there. there we go. Dan, what's your number seven? My number seven is a band that only existed in my life briefly because they broke up so quickly. Um, and I think they might be back together now. Uh-oh. Indian, From All Purity. Yes, mate. We saw them at that gig with Conan that we were talking about earlier, Electroworks, and they were fucking brutal they had this like weird synthesizer going on through the whole of the uh for the whole of the set so every time they stopped there's still like this weird crackling noising going on uh, and the album's the same it's just fucking tears at your heart it's so passionate and uh the thought provoking is not the right word just like understanding the terror that he's obviously been through at some point in his life one thing i do remember is that your excitement going into that gig, Conan was part of it, but the main thing was you'd fallen in love with this album mm. and you couldn't wait to see them live. And when you left, everyone in the car said Indian kicked it. They they ruled that night. Their set got cut short, if I remember. Yeah, because some knobheads... Who was playing before them? Oh, yeah. Basts were there when we started. And then some band that's now so obscure, I can't even remember who they were called... Uh, they went on for far too fucking long. So Indian cut their set short out of respect for Conan. Yeah, and uh, that's a real shame because I think the majority of people 
uh, they're going to see someone there will be there for the two uh, well American band Indian and then Conan of course uh, bands being support bands are just dicks I don't know why I'm going to play a bit of a song called Rape now you're not going to get the whole vibe of the song because it's fucking eight minutes long and we can't play the whole thing but just the beginning of this and oh it's weird it's like crusty and grimy but still brilliantly produced You mentioned at the beginning that they recently got back together. Um, are you still as excited as you were back then? Because I remember it was all you were about for a good few weeks there. I don't think they're going to be able to pull off an album as good as From All Purity, but certainly be interested in hearing what they're going to do. Because they've got a few albums before From All Purity. That weren't as uh, uh, yeah, weren't they're up like, scratch. They're all right, but they're not that this is just like all of a sudden bang they've made their never mind uh they've made their three dollar bill y'all <laughs> <laughs> but they on relapse as well yeah awesome man indian right my number six then is tame in parlor and the album is called currents 2015 this is a major label uh part of the universal group um my wife calls this radio one bullshit and she's probably right. Uh, this is where my love of Prince and the 80s comes into play. This, again, like, to better flats, to, like, make more of an impression on me than flats, it's all about the, the melodies on here. Um, and I, I think my wife does have a point. Like, it is Radio 1 bullshit, but Radio 1, when it gets it right, it gets it right. Um, th- this is the first time, in my opinion that those perfect pop melodies that Tame Impala can write was actually matched by that musical palette that they provide. Before, uh, the two albums that were before this were very indie, very uh, sort of hazy guitar playing on it. And this seems to have like really honed in that guitar to play pure melody rather than like like spacey, hazy, druggy chords underneath. Um, yeah, uh, I just don't think this can be matched if you're talking about pop music. Right, 
There's a song, the less I know, the better. And it's a great example of simple ideas at their best. Have a little listen. is just utter pop perfection but this is a weird thing dan right the album opener is like it goes on for two minutes 45 the song itself it's called let it happen and that's the bit you would hear on radio one or whatever but if you got it on an album five minutes after that you've got the outro so it's just the song goes on for two and a half minutes 245 whatever and then i just i was like what's going on here and the outro is perfect like five minutes long not one of them like seconds is wasted it's some at points it sounds like the the disc is skipping and you're like oh what's happened here it's <laughs> fucked up but then you hear the chords under underneath the skip build up and you're like oh that that can't happen so it's not skipping and it's just that's part of the record and i know it's a trope that's been done before but not not as well as this i just think everything about this current album is is, is something quite special and like he's got a new album coming out now and I know that he is very trepidatious and very conscious that he has lost his youth and being the most popular thing in Pitchfork or whatever so his hipster call is now gone he's maybe because he's released this album Currents who knows but maybe just because he's got older and there's a whole new group of bands that have come in and taken his place but it'll be really interesting to see where he goes uh, from Currents into this one that's coming out in 2019 so yeah that's it number six Tame Impala awesome my number six is one that I thought you might have on your list but I don't think you have uh, Zeal and Arda Devil is Fine oh, classic classic how could that not be on everyone's top ten list uh, because for me, there's like three standouts on that, and then not filler, but just other stuff. See, I see it as all as one piece, not just picking the odd song out of it here and there. Um, and it's a band that, again, I'm annoyed of you for not telling me about earlier. <laughs> Perhaps I need to start reading Pitchfork. Uh, no, I found out about this because it was a, a band camp only release. That's right, 10,000. Uh, downloads on Bandcamp before it got picked up by MVKA Records in 2017. He's actually come out since that saying 
it's actually about what would happen if all the slaves, when they were freed, had worshipped Satan rather than Jesus. Just quite, a and cool that's concept. the soundtrack. Yeah. Even my brother loves this. The mad thing for me, like I said, is how seamlessly it goes from really heartfelt chain gang vocals into awesome screams, very authentic black metal, and then it'll cross into like uh, EDM style dance track after you know yeah. the next song. And for me, it's all about the whole listening experience with this album, not just picking off the the cream of the crop. What track would you suggest? I think it's got to be. Uh, Devil is fine. Devil is fine. Nobody gonna let you go. Nobody gonna hold your hand up. Nobody gonna lead So that, that song there, that is the, the one that, that hooked me and I imagine would hook anyone else. That's the big one. That gives you a big flavour of what this record's about. And once it's in your head, Dan, that's it. That uh, totally works as a pop song. But as you say, parts of it, incredibly violent, visceral noise, smashes going on that you, you wouldn't get elsewhere. But when you leave it, you're just coming from the... Devil is mine. And then some very chilled out sort of dub style dancey bits as well, like just chilling out in between the, the black metal. Now, someone might come to this uh, review in five years' time. I doubt it, but go on. In, in that time period, do you think, personally, do you think that they'll be able to follow up their follow-up? Do you think that they'll still be a band or that their gimmick will be gone? Uh, I don't see it as a gimmick. Fair enough. Uh, but I do think it'll be gone and he'll have moved on to something else. He doesn't seem like the sort of guy who's going to pitch his tent and say, this is me now, I'm Zelenada. He'll have some other idea from somewhere and do something completely different, but equally as brilliant, I reckon. But where where can it go? Like, he's built his his whole thing on, uh, like, that um, chain gang versus black metal. Like, but he was an artist before this. This not, is what's not made a popular him. one. No, but then neither was you know millions of other artists that have done something brilliant, shot to fame, and then tried something different. He might not be recognised for it. It might not get anywhere. But he seems like he's got too much integrity to just oh I'm going to do this forever. And he's also got to be smart enough to know that chain gang black metal hasn't got a massive shelf life. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just playing devil's advocate, really. I, I I can't see he's not screwed up, screwed on enough to to like make a really great follow up. I mean, everybody. Well, they released that live album, didn't they? For some reason, that just seems like why'd you do that? Waste of space. Yeah. Like what one? Would you say this is a full album? 
Yeah, yeah. So, all right, two albums in, and you release your your live album. Not a good move. No, we're not not necessarily not a good move. It's just an odd choice. Bloody weirdo. We can do what he wants. Oh, can he? So, number five. Five is Brutalism by Idols. And it's... Idlewild. I- Idols. 2018, their debut album. Not that follow-up uh, that I don't like so much. This is my fifth favourite album of the decade. And the reason why is because it reminded me of better times in rock music than what we're currently living in now. Like, there's a band called Sleaf of Mods that I absolutely love that didn't make my top 15. Yeah, and I couldn't stand them. The reason why I love them so much is they they inject what I love about punk into to, to modern music. And idols do the same thing, but they're using guitars rather than drum machines. So I, I was just totally, totally entranced by like this album, Brutalism. I heard the song Mother, first of all, and what, what I really liked was his vocals on this. Was that the Danzig cover? No. And then uh, there's a song, once I've listened to it, the song that I would always come back to is Well Done. Uh, and that's the perfect track for me here. Have a little listen. Well done. Why don't you get a job? Even Tarquin has a job. Mary Berry's got a job. So why don't you get a job? Well done. Why don't you win a medal? Tarquin with a medal Mary Berry's got a medal So why don't you get a medal Well done Still sounds fresh to me uh, it's, that, it's that sarcasm That sarcastic vocal uh, and, it, and it's as I say It's what makes them different from a load of other bands That might musically sound different It's just a bit more punk Now Um Joy is an act of resistance is the one where they broke big. Like their album that come out. Oh, do you know what? Did it come out? It wasn't this year, was it? It was last year. So maybe Brutalism was actually 2017 or 16. Sorry if that's the case. I fucked that up. But yeah, Brutalism is the one I go for. Um, what What's also key here is the repetitive nature of the, the vocals. So what can be a bit annoying is... He, they're from Bristol and he's got this I don't know if it's a faux voice although when you hear him talk in interviews you think well hang on you you don't sound like a cockney but like, <laughs> when you're singing there's some like chavvy tough boy cockneyisms with these delicate um, I'm a new sort of man lyrics behind them I think they've give rock music a definite kick in the butt and that's why they're as massive as they are, and it's thoroughly deserved. I think metal is already doing fine, uh, and that doesn't really need kicking in the arse. I think there's enough big metal bands, but rock just needed something to to stop it becoming pop, and I think this really did a good job. Um, The guy's called, the singer guy is called Joe Talbot, and his mum died during the writing process of this, and that's what you can really feel within it, and it's sort of because my mum had died as well. I also sort of feel a lot, a lot of the stuff that he's going through 
when you don't want to be articulate about it with just a few phrases here and there he manages to say everything that needs to be said um and if you want to know what she looks like her pictures on the sleeve weirdly little fact according to wiki there's a limited edition of a hundred copies of vinyls with his mum's ashes actually in the vinyl Ooh. that's not right is it do that to me though okay <laughs> oh, I so would do that to you uh, yeah so that's it man I really would um, give them a go they are a total Myamite band you already know them if you already know if you love them or you hate them that's Idols at my number 5 my number 5 going back to America Death Heaven Sunbather Death Wish Records Death Wish Death Wish Records 2013 how many genres can you call this band You've got black-gazed, post-black metal, atmospheric black metal, some other whole new genre that they've created. Uh, Their new single, the most recent thing they've done, was just a total black metal, like, scream fest. It's fucking brutal. Something about a brick. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is at the time, I'd heard nothing like it, and I fucking loved it. I know uh, people were saying, oh, it's hipster black metal, um... But for me, it stripped away a lot of the almost goofiness of old black metal, like the sort of trad stuff. Because um, they weren't wearing corpse paint. They were looking like sort of regular dudes that we would hang out with, but just playing black metal and mixing a lot of the sort of post-rock and post-metal elements in there that just made it seem a bit more grown up for me. Yeah, looks-wise, that singer could have been in like Interpol or someone. Exactly. Um, in fact, what it also did is it got me into those goofier old black metal bands like Mayhem and Emperor and Abath got into him. Oh, yeah. Um, and all, the whole story of the whole Norwegian black metal scene that's been talked about a lot recently, if it hadn't been for this album, I don't think I'd be open to any of that. This is the one from the list so far, even comparing it to Indian, that you took close to your heart and it was your thing for a long time I remember whenever I'd get in a car with you it'd be on and I'd be like rolling my eyes going oh here (laughs) we go again and the thing is the songs were so long that no matter where we were going we probably wouldn't even finish one song in that time Mm. like you you went so hard for this and it wasn't an umming and ahhing you didn't have to get into it you were just like bang there it was instant yeah and I want you to play the song Dream House but again, you're not going to get the majesty of this one because you're not going to play the whole thing, but we'll get give you a little taste of it. never even got to see this band live they're still around there's still a chance yeah (laughs) you don't seem convinced 
I want them to do. You know how I dislike the playing this album in fuel, in fuel, in full thing that seems oh, to be. Do it in fuel, <laughs> and we'll set fires. Yeah, uh, I'd actually appreciate it if Def Heaven could play a festival somewhere and play um, this album in full, so I can. I reckon there'll be a few. If they were road, if they road burn it up, they would. If they would arc tangent it up, maybe they would. Oh, that would be a good arc tangent band. But oh, I don't know, man. They're a few years away from doing like one of their albums in full. I reckon. Mm. It's oh. just 2014. Uh, no, it's 2013. That's almost seven years ago. I don't know, man. But. I'm still not convinced. I've seen lots of live footage on YouTube of them and it, it still doesn't pull me in, but then I'm not really a big fan of black metal anyway. So, And yeah, I've seen the YouTube videos as well. And it doesn't have the depth of sound watching like a YouTube video that someone's recorded on their iPhone. What? It needs to, you need to be there. It needs to engulf you. All right. Whatever. Anyway, you got anything for number four? Four is Ghost. And Behemoth, not the band Behemoth, uh, and not the band Ghost. It's Ghost, G-O-S-T, Behemoth's the album, 2015, it's on Blood Music. This is a one-man synthwave project. Uh, it's from Michigan. Yeah, we've talked about them a lot recently. Yeah. In fact, just to butt in, but Behemoth and The Satanists would have been on my top ten as well, if I had enough numbers. Now, I think when all these top tens come out over the next few weeks, uh, of which I will of the albums of the decade, I think Behemoth, the Satanist, is going to be number one on a hell of a lot of them. Like, I think because that album has unified uh, a lot of metalheads and it broke it broke the mould for the band itself, it just it just opened up a whole... A whole chestnut of black. Weirdly, I had a friend get in the car the other day uh, and it was playing. And he said, oh, didn't know you like Behemoth. And I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, yeah, I love Behemoth. It's like one of those bands that people seem to, I don't know, about you, keep to themselves and not really. Well, they're doing that headline at Bloodstock now as well. Yeah. Like, I can see why people would go for it. I, I bought it the week it came out and I love that. Um, uh, Gabriel, blow your trumpets. Yeah, blow your trumpet, Gabriel song. Because it was slower and doomier. The rest of it, I could like, I, I, you know, I could give two shits about. Uh, but again, I'm not a black metalhead. Um, I'm a synth wave head, me. I'm a synth wave head. So, I've always been trying to follow this album up. Damn. So this was the first synth wave album I heard. So you know, like when you hear Bad Religion album for the first time, that tends to be the one. That's that, your one. That's yeah. your album. So I'm just wondering with synth wave, maybe because this was the first one, this is the one I always go back to. But I'm really desperate to find an album as good. So only band that sort of come close for me was Christine, uh, and they're a really tiny version of this sort of thing. Um, Christine is in like the the car Stephen King wrote about. Uh, their album's called Atom from Heart, and that came out a year later. But for this one, for Ghost, I'm going to play you a track called Ripper, so you know where I'm coming from.
Now, this is a perfect example of what Goss does. Um, it's their pregio uh, and this rolling, pounding drum beat under it that just keeps me engaged the whole time. And I think if you dig that, then there is going to be a whole world of amazing shit in Goss' back catalogue and what it's currently doing uh, to keep you entertained. Um, it does feel totally 80s. And it, I think this has got way more to do with, like, and in common with Jan Hammer, and uh, who did like Crockett's theme from Miami Vice and that sort of stuff. And Vangelis, uh, God, uh, Vangelis did the Blade Runner soundtrack. So that sort of stuff, rather than John Carpenter's like um, Halloween stuff. So it's far more sort of immersive rather than simple. But saying that, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I caught this guy in Dublin um, just just this month, and it was one of the best gigs I've seen in the last few years. Easy. I'd say one of the best. It was the best gig I've seen in the last few years. So, yeah, uh, that's my number four, Ghost and Behemoth. So my number four, my little stray away from the metal and the oh. rock, oh. run the jewels too. Dude. Um Again, it's a bit hipstery, isn't it? I'm quite a hipster. I didn't even realise. I wanted to wanted to mention it. Um, Hang on. Yeah, you're right. Zeal and Arda. Death, Death Heaven. Heaven. Now this. Oh, my word. What the fuck's happened and to me? And your moustache. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Pitchfork, who I love now, because mm -hmm. I've started reading when you was on the phone then. Mm -hmm. uh, best LP of 2014, this one. And there's even a parody remix called Meow the Jewels, where for some reason all the drums are made up by cats. Uh, again, if you're going to do a remix, mate, do it like that. Do it that. properly. Yeah. Again, you introduced me to it, so you must be the real hipster here. Uh, and at first I was like, well, that's just a bit weird. It took me two or three listens to sort of like get into the quite short, punchy, short, sharp shock of it. Um, but once I did, I was hooked, and it even inspired an ohms riff. No way. Yeah, if you play the song uh, early, there's a bit in there, uh, and you might, although it's nothing like it, you might be able to sort of hear the the groove of it in there. And that's why you're here. I just tell them because it is what it is. I live here, and that's what it is. He chimed, you got a dime. I said, man, I'm trying to smoke and chill. Please don't lock me up in front of my kid. And in front of my wife, man, I ain't got a gun and a knife. You do this, and you ruin my life. And I apologize if it seems like I got out of line, sir, because I respect the badge and the gun. And I pray the day ain't the day that you Drag me away right in front of my beautiful son. And he still put my hands in cup, put me in the truck when my woman screamed, said, shut up. Witches with the camera phone on, saw the copper pull a gun and put it on my gorgeous queen. As I peered out the window, I could see my other kid folk and hear my little boys scream. As he ran toward the copper victim, not to hurt his mama because he had a face down on the ground. And I'd be much too weak to ever speak what I've seen, but my life changed with that sound. Every song on this is killer. Uh, it's got Zach from Rage Against the Machine on it. What's he doing? He's going... Oh, not like banjo or anything? No, he's a singer, isn't he? Okay. Um, yeah, and then he does a verse for himself at the end where he says he's going to put his AK dick in you. I don't know what that means. Like it. In fact... You know how I've all turned all 40 and shit yesterday? Yeah. I got Congratulations. My, thanks. Uh, thanks for saying happy birthday as soon as I came in as well. I said it a bit later on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I put on my VR and I was looking for things to do. My VR is what I got for my birthday. Virtual reality. Oh, right. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah. And I was going through YouTube 
uh, and there was a video on there because they do 360 videos of Run the Jewels, one of the newer songs, not of this album. You're like literally sitting there, it's all pitch black, and then like a giant fucking 12 foot man, Killer Mike, the big uh, guy, he walks in and starts singing the song and then all of a sudden he's over there singing the song to someone else and it's really amazing just like seeing them all around you like they're 12 foot tall people absolutely fucking brilliant so if you've got a VR headset Stick have a look on. I should have brought it around to show you you'd really enjoy it sounds terrifying Daniel I don't think I will enjoy it I'll bring it around just it's got a special spacer for people with glasses so you can enjoy it ah, too ah they're thoughtful anyway number threes Number three, I've not got a lot to say about this one. Um, yeah, weirdly, all my top three, I think we've talked about so much that there isn't really a lot left to say. Fuck it, man. Just say it anyway. <laughs> this is Mac DeMarco and This Old Dog from 2017. It's on some record label I've never heard called Captured Tracks. Uh, it's only got to number 21 in the UK charts. Uh, but there is a real stinker on it. Otherwise, I probably would have stuck this at number two or number one. Um, and that stinker is called Moonlight on the River. And it's an okay I song. I want to hear that one. This is Moonlight on the River. played you a little bit of the end there but not all of it so the, the ending of this song is so horrific it's so just like why are you doing that it's such a mess uh, the rest of it is like wobbly indie folk pop masterpieces like every single song you can dip in you can listen it all to it all together like there's a title track there's a song called my old man that opens it up on the level baby you're out i could go on uh, but I won't because they're all the songs that I wrote. Uh, they are songs that will be with me forever. I totally love this album. But if you're not into indie folk and you don't like a bit of wobble, and you like your guitar to sound a bit wobbly and about like it's going to break, then you probably <laughs> won't dig this. But yeah, that's my number three, Mac DeMarco. My number three is not only in my top albums of the last decade, but also probably the number one gig or the number one show of the last decade can you think who it could be what gig did i enjoy the most don't tell me it's ghost no what gig did you enjoy mm. that absolutely blew me away and changed my life made me want to be a musical man again no go on then 2012 heavy fest The Chariot? Yeah. Fucking hell. With the album Long Live. So the album came out in 2010 on Good Fight. Again, it could quite easily have been uh, the album One Wing. That's just as good. Mm. In fact, their best riff ever is on that album. But I just think uh, Long Live is a bit more cohesive. 
awesome album absolutely fucking incredible um i went to see him because i knew the guy from norma jean was the singer and that was about the only thing i knew i think i'd seen one video on youtube but uh, as soon as they came on stage uh and they just went absolutely fucking ballistic uh, they played the song evan perks which yeah. also wins the title for the most creative song using only one chord um, and he literally just ran straight onto the stage, said, this is our stage, this is your stage, yeah, I'm all friends here. Went head first straight into the crowd for the disappointed, I know you are, bit. And the band just went fucking absolutely ballistic to the point that I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The guitarist climbed to the top of the stage and was like hanging from the lighting rig. And I still have in my pocket a plectrum ah. from that gig. And that is always in my pocket. What happens if you take it out of the pocket? It just stays in there. Okay, let's fucking hope so. No, uh, it was on my, it's always been around. It's like It's been in my pants and socks drawer for like eight years. I just keep it there as a little memento. That gig was mind-blowing there was we weren't prepared there was nothing to say that this this gig is going to blow you away um i remember us looking at each other just like laughing what the fuck moment totally it made me go out and buy that album and i've loved it ever since it gets regular play at least once every two or three months bearing in mind how little time i have to listen to music it's just always going to be there for me i reckon um yeah okay that I, I must admit I don't listen to them that often, but live I I don't know if I've ever seen someone that mental at a show. We've seen a lot of mental bands. We saw early Dillinger for goodness sake, but nothing compared to that. That was monumental. It was a moment that if you were there, if you witnessed it, and a lot of our listenership was there, then yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. Number two for you. So, number two is David Bowie and Blackstar. And then this was his final album before he died. Uh, RCA Columbia, major label nonsense. Uh, this is his 25th album. That's a lot. It's too many, you might say. It's, it's, yeah, it should be 23. You meant a number too many. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he made it knowing he was dying. And you can tell. Uh, you can't... It came, I think it came out before he died. And it was like a couple of weeks, from what I can remember. Now, I only got this album after he died. So, I only had that way of looking at it. 
it was really, really meaningful. Everything in it was really um, sad and somber to me because he was dead and he knew it. But this is an incredible art album. It's not pop. There is no pop on it. Uh, which you might think if you're just like love 80s Bowie then you'd think like well you know I've got him figured out in fact from his 70s stuff I think five years off Ziggy Stardust is my fave from his 80s stuff I love that absolute beginners single but for for this album I think this is his very best thing he's ever done in his whole career and I've listened to it all I've listened to it all a lot would you say he's one of your top 10 just general artists of all time no 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 I don't think that I don't think he's been with me enough. I don't often reach for a Bowie album. I went through a little phase of like six months of just getting every single thing that he had, but no, I wouldn't say he's in my top ten. But this album is. This is number two. Like, and I tell you what, there's a couple of songs on here like Dollar Days or Sue. Uh, I think Sue in brackets, it says, in the season of a crime or something like that. Sorry, I can't remember. But those two songs, you any other artist, if they'd done them, they'd it'd be filler songs, not with Bowie. Like, it's an essential part of the whole. It, the album fits together like a puzzle. You're not going to get it after one listen. As I say, and I'm, I mentioned it's art rock. I think he uh, was playing with a, a, a sort of jazz band. videos to this album uh, the two videos utter utter perfection if you are not a Bowie fan uh, but you do fancy a little dip after me giving it the number two spot then definitely definitely watch these two videos Uh, Black Star is the the song uh, for the first one and Lazarus uh, is the second one it's utter perfection and it is poignant, it is sad, and it, it it does break your heart a little bit because you know what he's going through in his head, and it must have been hard. But he's left us with this, like, this art classic, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know, my life would be different without it, and I do listen to it a lot still. Oh, it's so good. Black Star, my number two. My number two, Mastodon, Emperor of Sand. Why this album, Dan? It's just the one that got me into them and opened the rest of the back catalogue up for me. So obviously we did a massive three-parter about them, so we don't want to talk about it too much because you've already heard it. But yeah, they were this album, this brand's voice uh, on 
show yourself just fucking opened the big mastodon pandora's box for me what a great song that is is that the one you want to play yeah then also we could place the riff at the start of steam breather which is just one of the most crushingly devastatingly chilled out heavy as fuck cool riffs ever well they're number two let's do that as well some lucky people that riff just fucking gets me it's like yeah we know we're fucking heavy don't need pitchfork we're just heavy and cool brutal heartfelt swagger now we watch them uh, i think we we may might have brushed this conversation but i just want to know now we watched them at the festival we went to together sonosphere was yeah it? i think it was sonosphere and we both were a bit disappointed by it they're a bit meh now we know them back to front pretty much after doing that special three-part special a few weeks ago i i thinking that i would get a lot more out of it because i know the songs a lot better yeah i'm hoping they get announced for download yeah are you still going definitely okay are you still not going i can't i've got to work man fuck work i can't fuck work well why aren't you at work now you're mean sorry Number one? Right. My number one. And you're not going to like it. My number one is Biffy Clyro. <laughs> yeah, it is. And Only Revolutions. 2010. So right at the beginning of this decade of the 10s. And it's on 14th Floor Records, which I think is part of their their label that they set up. Because um, they're obviously on a major. This is the huge band called Biffy Clyro. You might have heard of them. Uh, this got to number three in the UK charts. It went double platinum. It's their biggest hit album to date. Is this the one with, there's a girl, there's a girl, and she's down by the ripper? That's the one. I like this album. This It's uh, not the best album of this decade, though, is it? It fucking is, mate. Is it? It is, and I'll tell you as to why. Um, right, even though it's my number one, I'm going to get the stinker out of the way with God and Satan. So there's no perfect album on this list, right? Um, I disagree with that. Go on. All right, okay. God and Satan on this album is such a syrupy, shitty ballad. Uh, and it's a fan fave as well. Uh, I remember them playing it live when we went to see Sunny Day Real Estate. When they, they did they, it acoustic. They did it all acoustic. Is this the one where it starts, I speak to God as much as I speak to Satan? Yeah. That's all right. Mate, it's a fucking toilet. It's like this whole album. It's just all right. Oh, my God. 
Right, this album's got 12 songs on it. Six were actually released as singles, but you could have released 11 as singles. Right, I think that this, for me, is the best rock album for the last 10 years, and it's the best album. I, cu- I couldn't think of anything better than it. Right, Born on a Horse is a great example of where even the verses are as catchy as the chorus. Have a listen. I've been counting on the wrong things To make life feel alright You could be my acid queen Until the end of time Cause you can't have it all You're stuck in the middle Raising one and all I was born on a horse, that's all I like to think I'm just a thoroughbred So the issue is that for a lot of old Biffy fans, this is the moment where Puzzle was the start, but Only Revolutions was the moment where they've got the horns in and the woo on the captain. I love that. That's where people dropped out, man. They were like, no, I want Jiggy Jiggy Snake. I want Screaming. I want all that weird art shit they were doing on album See, that's where I dropped in on this album. And then... Dropped out again when the next one came out. Well, I'll talk about next ones in a minute, but I think that I think that that woo and all the horns, yeah, on repeated plays, I can see where they're coming from because it's it's them definitely taking that step. They're not like tentatively doing it. They're full on. Yeah, this is for a mass audience. This isn't for our fan base. This is to get every every person that has been umming and ahhing about rock. No, we're we're getting them on board now. And they did it. Like they've got fucking huge off it. Um I remember we went to Reading two thousand and eight by we, me and Claire. It was the last Reading Festival we went to. Metallica were headlining the last day and I didn't really know Biffy Clyro at the time. I knew they existed. I knew a couple of the songs. Yeah, the only time I'd heard of Biffy Clyro before this was, do you remember our friend Ollie that lived with us for a while? But yeah, you're right, Ollie Uh, and Steve. Ollie and Steve, they were Biffy Clyro fans and they'd put it on all the time and it was meh to me. Yeah, that that first album had a couple of singles on it that were really good and because of those guys, I'd listened to them, but... It really didn't kick in until I saw them at this Reading Festival. Um, They played um, I Am A Mountain. And for the rest of the festival, that was in my head. Like, the performance was good. But that song just stuck in my head. And then a year later, they released, uh, or two years later, by the looks of it, they released the album. Um, One thing I would say, one thing I would say, they weren't the best band, that Reading. For me, that was... Jack White and the Raconteurs. Um, I left before Metallica came on. Does not surprise me. We were in a queue to get out of the box to the toilet. All we wanted to do was get to the toilet somewhere at the back and watch Metallica. It took us one hour to get from the toilets, those horrible cubicles, um, 
to just get out of the queue for the toilets one hour they were so crammed people were so crammed together it was so oversold the festival but by that 10 minutes i was ready to go home 20 minutes i was ready to kill someone and we still had 40 <laughs> minutes to go like we could not move we couldn't get out of this and we just thought i've had enough of this festival i don't care that metallica are on next they've oversold it we can't even move now and we got in our car and we just fucking drove home really pissed off that's the last time i went to reading um it's not Biffy Clyro's fault, but I've got to blame him. Uh, yeah, so that's my number freaking one. Biffy Clyro, Only Revolutions. If you're one of them haters, fuck you. It's well good. Damn, what's your number one? Well, I snarkily said there is a perfect album, but you're right, it's not perfect. If you chop off the first song, right. which is called Spirit, and just wish that away, then it is a perfect album apart from that song. Uh, and the album is Meliora by Ghost from 2015 on Loma Vista Records. And here's the song Spirit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just fallen in love with this band. I've said it many times. I fucking love this album. Every song apart from Spirit is a banger. Um, even the little instrumental noodly bits I'm going to see them live in a few days yeah, yeah a few days yeah 22nd I think it is at Wembley Arena I've seen them loads of times already I just think this album is perfectly crafted and again I could have put prequel on the list too but I think this is just a bit bigger you know it got all the Grammy nominations it's got the biggest song Cerise on there which is an incredible song is it your favourite album of theirs yes yeah. by a long shot wow okay um, if you want to play one to someone right now what are we going to do he is Just because it, that song like personifies the whole uh, almost jokiness of the band, but still beautifully crafted song, awesome chorus, um, musicianship is second to none. He plays uh, Tobias Forge plays everything other than the drums. Uh, it's just like incredible. Question for you, Dan. Question: Do you think they can better it? Do you think they've still got legs? Well, it's not a they, is it? It's a him. All right. Do you think he can better it? Yeah. That new single of theirs, whatever it was called. Kiss the Goat. Thank you. Is my favourite thing they've ever done. But that's not the direction they're going. That's just something almost uh, like a joke just to release something. Because Ghost are obviously, you know, as well as releasing the albums, they also release the EPs, which are kind of... Not comedy. Those, I love the covers. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, They're just a bit sort of tongue-in-cheek in between. And that is this song... 
or the two songs that came out are all just part of the story. So that's not Papa Papa singing or Cardinal Copia. That's the original Papa Nihilist. You're 100% still on board with them, though. Yeah. I can't wait. Two weeks' time. I want to be like I was when I was um, 15, going to see Red Hot Chili Peppers at Wembley, just like waiting outside when there's no one else there, just waiting to be the first one in. I think that's it, man. We've done our top 10 of the 10s. Nice. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, people. Uh, really appreciate it. I've been quite under the weather, so I hope you can hear me all right. Uh, we are now going to resume normal service for next week. And then we'll probably then start doing all our sort of top tens of the this year. Uh, I think we've got two more Kiss episodes before we do that, actually. Yeah, I need to start listening to those Kiss albums. Thank you for putting up with us for 100 episodes. Uh, we do this out of the love of our hearts and listening to each other and hanging out with each other. We don't make any money from it. We don't want to. There's not even... If you, if you wanted to donate some money to us, you can't. Just don't. Just do something better. Buy yourself a nice hat. 